I'm going to have to cut almost everything before this when I edit. Um, Pretty much. That's okay. Do you want to ask ask me about Dub Dub? <laughs> Dave, what's your favorite thing from WWDC? Favorite thing? Favorite thing is something that I've yet to play with, actually, and that is the uh -huh. updates to Xcode itself. And from what I've gathered, looking at everybody mm. else's tweets and other bits and bobs, it looks like previews actually work. They do. I can confirm that. Like, they just work. So I think that that, that feels like a bit of a game changer because I've been not using previews and just hitting, hitting run. Um, and mm -hmm. actually, if previews are working in the IDE, then that means I won't be doing that and I need to change my behavior. So... That that looks pretty cool. Yeah, I uh, I was taking part in the WWDC community events, and for one of those, I made a very tiny app. Yep. Um, that is basically a trivia app where you can just like it will just download questions from the internet and ask you which one of these is correct or whatever. And <clears throat> that was like completely made in Xcode fourteen with the with the new previews, and they work just brilliantly. Awesome. Yeah, so I think that that's going to be my favorite when I'm using it. Nice. And um, Xcode 14, I work a lot with asynchronous code because it's Swift on the server, right? And finally, you can step through async code because that never worked. Like you could put a breakpoint in there and it would stop at the breakpoint, but then you would click the step button and it was just like, would just step just anywhere in memory space basically like I, I didn't really find rhyme or reason yeah but now you can just even if it's an async function you can just step 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 oh, and that's really nice that's that's great yeah i'm gonna love that so yeah great release what was your favorite favorite thing from dub dub <laughs> you're probably expecting uh swift ui charts but that's actually my third favorite thing after xcode and um um what's it called ah i mean passkey i mean like the web auth thing yes like so yeah my favorite thing is passkeys and web authentication because that is just such a cool thing like i can imagine that in i want to say a few years like because this is a standard like this is yeah. that maybe i should explain what it is it is a new standard that allows you to log into websites or apps but without ever creating a password or re or remembering a password or managing a password so it's 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 um it's basically public key cryptography but you don't need to understand what that means your device just will deal with everything for you and the way it looks like is hey i want to log into a website yeah and then my mac is just like hey give me your fingerprint all right you're logged in now same with um same with apps mm -hmm. if i don't have a fingerprint sensor on my mac then it will basically bump the thing to my iphone and allow me to um bionically uh identify myself to the iphone that's cool can i bionically identify is am i a bit bionical maybe are you made of lego <laughs> <laughs> I am in parts sometimes. But that's that's cool. Uh, the one thing I wonder about with passkeys is, does that mean I end up completely reliant on Apple forever to look after my identity? 
I want to say no. Like we're reaching the edges of my knowledge because I mm -hmm. haven't really watched the sessions for that yet. But as far as I know, it's because it's a public standard. Like Apple partnered with various other industry um, players, Google and so on, to make this a standard. And so it should be possible. Like I know that... Um, I'm very sure that, for example, other password management apps will support the standard as well. Yep. And I'm also pretty sure that just um, browsers will start to implement this or or maybe like other operating systems like Windows or Android. And I'm very sure that you can export these and just move them over. Right. Like maybe it won't be like super easy, but I'm very... I'm very, very sure that this will be possible. Yeah, because that's going to be going to be one of the edges right and it needs to be smoothed out at some point mm -hmm. you get that person who goes oh i switched to android and fucking apple you know they excuse my language um they've stopped me from logging into anything else um you you can you can bleep it out or i something. will bleep it out but um <laughs> i love i love i love how like it feels dirtier when it's bleeped out yes yeah for sure um you can imagine what i said there um, whatever the nastiest <laughs> thing was, but no, and I don't feel that way about Apple. But I'm imagining your um, the imaginary transferring user will feel pretty upset if they can't get their their things back. And this is perhaps me not understanding passkeys, right? So I need to go and watch some sessions and um, go and find out a bit more about them. But right. uh, they're interesting, and I can see myself using them. 100% because it's just going to make things a lot easier um, and like you say I think in another sort of two to three years it's just going to kind of be the way things are done um, yeah I'm like your kids will grow up in a world that is basically like wait dad you had to remember passwords yes it's going to look a bit weird isn't it at them, to them um yeah, because already they've, they're in a world where they're using Keychain um, to manage mm -hmm. their passwords or, or things. Um, and that's, you know, so they're not typing them all the time. So, yeah, this is just another, that's really cool. another step of that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is my favorite WWDC feature so far. Like, I'm, I'm going to dig into the session some more, of course, but, like, this is the one that, that impresses me the most. And, like, when I start trying to implement features from wwdc uh, this is probably going to be the first one that i'm trying going to try to implement yeah um a because um i'm uh, really a little bit tired of having to wait uh, like seeing all these cool new apis but then having to wait for let's say a year until enough people are using those those operating systems so that, that i can actually use them yep or let's say half a year i mean um lots of developers in my user base right um but um, with Passkey, I can just add that on the server, and then if your system supports it, you can replace your you can replace your normal login with it. Yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to that, and I really want to dive deep into that. And like I'm, it's going to be so fun to just log into um, Telemetry Deck with my fingerprint. Yep, or with your face, right? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah speaking of fingerprints when we spoke mm -hmm. an episode or two ago you um had destroyed your keyboard 
<laughs> and you were looking at yes. um, a clackety keys, you know, um, mechanical keyboard. Mm -hmm. You've not stayed there, have you? Wait, wait. Let me let me type something. Oh, I'm listening. Do you hear that? I do not. Do you hear me typing? <laughs> <laughs> I have gotten rid of the diarrhea keyboard. Um, <laughs> Such a name. And that is that is the name of the keyboard. I'm just using the correct name. I'm sure I will. Um, I'm I'm sure I'm pronouncing it correctly too. <laughs> did, um, that, did that represent its quality <laughs> to you? Um. I mean, it's kind of half and half. I mean, like, I don't want to re repeat everything that I said in the last episode, but like, it was half the quality of the keyboard, which, which was to be expected because it was a very cheap product that um, was sold into a market that usually usually has these keyboards that cost like a hundred bucks, and this one was like I don't know forty or something. And um, so, like, some degraded quality was to be expected. The other thing was just like this was very much not for me from yeah. a typing perspective because it had a different layout than I, than I was expecting. It, it was so much higher so that I kind of had to put my wrists on something because otherwise they would hurt. And um, so, yeah, I have now in front of me a Apple Magic Keyboard USANSI layout with a fingerprint sensor. Yay. It is white slash aluminum. <laughs> aluminium. Thank and you. it doesn't have the number pad. Oh, so that's like the big brother to the keyboard I've got. I've I've got that one um, without the touch ID. Oh, very cool. Yeah, and and I feel the same as you. I like yeah, the travel I kinda... and the the quietness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I felt like I felt like I really want the fingerprint sensor, and this is the first. The hardware thing that my new uh, limited liability company has bought. So I even got a got a um, a discount from Apple. Ah, oh, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I think that's a great first purchase for the the new company company entity. And right, uh, right. kind of jealous. I'm. I. I mean, I. I manage without having a touch ID sensor on the keyboard. That's fine. But I find myself reaching up to the, the laptop that's on the stand and using the touch ID off the edge of the, of, of my Mac. Right. That's yeah. the thing. I use my laptop in clamshell mode right. all the time. Like I have, I work best when I have one screen. Yeah. And so I always try to like, um, use the laptop in closed mode. So I just, I, I don't have access to the fingerprint sensor. Right. And of course, it's 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 pure convenience and luxury, and I don't really need it, but it's really nice. It is really really nice, and it works perfectly. I didn't have to set up my fingerprint at all, like because the laptop already knew the fingerprint. Yeah, I would I I just plugged it in, and it worked, and it could unlock my computer immediately with my fingerprint. Oh wow, that's actually quite cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh also by the way, like I'm I'm just I'm just I, I'm giggling all the time because in our show notes document it said it says Daniel's new new keg. And I don't know why it says keg. And then you put in 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 brackets behind it was like keg three question marks. Yes. <laughs> I meant to type keyboard. 
I meant to type keyboard here. Daniel's new new keyboard. So you don't have and some sort of. I don't know if I mistyped. You've not got. You've not got <laughs> any some... beer where you are there. Then there's there's, there's no. Uh, not yet. That's for after the show. <laughs> well, that explains that one. I, I did think maybe that was a a typo. Um, but now I know. Cake? Now I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'm glad you're. Um, fingers are happier for the keyboard and probably everybody around you is happier for the quietness <laughs> oh yeah and and my, my wrists my wrists are are also thankful yeah and yeah uh, i asked my coworker charlotte if she wants to have to have the keyboard and she says yeah she's gonna try it i mean before like and I, I just gave it to her mm-hmm. because if she if if she can if she can use it, then awesome. If not, then nothing is lost because it would have just like collected dust in my in my drawer or something. Yeah, and it's a reasonable onboard into do you like mechanical keyboards or not as well, right? Right, right. exactly. And she's like she's like building like she's she's one of those people who always like who sit on the couch programming on a laptop, and now she's building her like desk with with everything so like she can try this one and yeah if if it works like she won't have to buy a keyboard that's pretty cool oh that's good um yeah what are the wwdc features you're gonna put in go vj yeah that's an interesting question so i've yet to wade through all the metal um av foundation or core image related sessions there might be something in there that helps Mm -hmm. me speed up its pipeline or whatever but that's quite incremental in a lot of ways for me um, because GoVJ's use of those APIs is actually quite limited um, mm-hmm. so improvements in Metal are really I think more impactful for people that have got lots of polygons on the screen and I've literally got like a square where the video is being rendered <laughs> <laughs> right I feel yeah. like those are for people who program 3d engines yes. not the people who are using the, yeah. the things that are on top of those exactly sometimes there's a nice detail in there that can be helpful but and i will watch a load of them but for go vj um i feel like it's gonna come down to some of the language tweaks more than anything else so mm-hmm. i will probably lean hard into you know the new if let syntax that's available or guard left syntax <laughs> that that's that's like a yeah it's just splitting the community in half i yeah and i'm on the side of let's just do this it's always been so annoying to me that i duplicate um variable names just to to get things done and then the old way of doing things is still there if you need it so that, that that'll be there um i could do this before ios 16 and everything that's landed in dubdub but there's a whole bunch of code that i want to move over to async await and i think with the mm-hmm. um some of the additions to async await this year um so we're able to to um work with i believe we can work with collections even better and there's some other bits and bobs around how how that's working that will be good to in, introduce to the code base but I'm kind of on a mission to get rid of combine. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so um, I realized a couple of weeks ago now that all the bindings I do with combine are kind of just doing one thing. 
Um, so I'm using observable objects, I'm carrying state in those observable objects, and then my view models um, for each screen are binding to those items of state and receiving the updates from the observable objects when they change. And so my right. combined bindings I mean, are, are very much just like, mm-hmm. give me the new version of that that data and then go and change something in the view right. model based off it. I mean, it's there's an argument to be made to to be said to be saying like, hey, like Swift UI is basically built on top of Combine, like the the whole state stuff and everything. Yeah. So just like let's use Combine from beginning to end, of course. But I get that it's less convenient and it's probably more error prone. I assume. Yeah, yeah, it is, and that's another factor, right? Is that my bindings need to care about what um, they need to care about what thread we're operating on and i need to be very mm-hmm. careful if i've updated that state on a background thread then the view model or the object itself when it updates it needs to do it on the main thread to stop the ui from not being weird <laughs> which is usually mm-hmm. the first indication you've got that wrong um so I'm ed- i've ended up more recently with things like um, my my view models may have main actor functions and then when values get updated um i I dispatch a a, a, a create a task and then that value Mm. goes to that main actor tagged function and i can be sure that i'm manipulating things on the main thread so there's already you get the impression i'm already doing a bit of like either i'm dispatching things or i'm using tasks in main actor and i kind of just want to skip that middle step out a little bit so mm-hmm. um with with values that change on observable op- observable objects you can receive them as an async sequence um so you can spin up a task so that you're in asynchronous mode if you like you can then mm-hmm. do a for loop and use the asynchronous sequence to then go and fire off bindings effectively inside of that loop when these values change and and that's the thing we can do today but with the changes from dub dub we're now able to use some of the more combined sort of orientated modifiers like you're able to throttle um you're able to debounce changes and that sort of thing which can be really really good for when you're receiving changes based on like a user typing or something like that and you just kind of want to smooth out that oh, that is fire. so cool yeah i didn't know that was possible it's it's totally possible like, um yeah because i started doing that in javascript because someone created these amazing task models for javascript or for ember.js actually and that is exactly what i'm using them them for a lot of the time yeah and i i, I was like just the other day i was complaining to someone like oh i wish that was possible in swift so how, how does that work so with like, with um combine you can just use uh-huh. them as as modifiers where you just sort of do like um dot throttle off the end of a a binding where you've used um where you've got mm-hmm. the the um how do I describe it so you've got the publisher and you're creating a binding off of that publisher usually with like it's a sync in in combined syntax and you've got your code that receives the the change you can chain this throttle or debounce or even filter the data 
as just modifiers similar to sort of Swift UI where you just put dot whatever on the end. Can I do that with async code as well? You can do that with async um, sequences, I believe. And this is one of the things I noted when we're watching back some of the what's new in Swift um, videos. Um, the, yeah, we've got these modifiers now over in, in in async land, and I believe it's specifically for async sequences and async streams, which are very the same sort of concepts as publishers, effectively. Um, yeah, so you should be able to use them sort of chained into your your for loop, um, I believe, and then you can very very cool. Yeah, yeah, totally. So so then you can uh, use them. You can smooth out these fast-changing bits of data and make that a bit more performant. Like, the thing for me is if, if you think about, like, a search bar or something where your user is typing very, very rapidly, one character mm -hmm. after the other, that's a very typical scenario where, like, the, the rate of change coming through is quicker than maybe you want to do things. Like, I don't want to send out an API call searching for, you know, A, N, D... I want to search out, I want to search for and um mm -hmm. and so if you use these modifiers you can smooth it out with a period of time to say okay I'm not going to send any more often than this um and I I find that really quite quite useful and and, and quite beautiful when you use it as well cuz you know if you get your timing right the user doesn't notice anything in terms of lag in fact it's perhaps better for them um because yeah, they they're not thinking it should start searching, you know, literally immediately as they're typing. They they might expect it to start looking like it is searching, but the, the the thing they're searching for is just that text, you know. So right. Anyway, that's that's an aspect of combine and bindings that I appreciate, and I'm really glad it's coming through for async await code. And I need to dig a bit deeper into the syntax, but that's on my list of things to go and check out and and start adopting. And I can see myself adopting that very, very quickly. So, totally. That's really nice. Like, how is GoVJ doing? Like, I just saw today or yesterday a new test flight beta dropped. Yeah. So, how are things looking? So they're looking nearly done. If I look at my, I've got a Trello board. Ooh. Yep. Um and I look at my Trello board, I've got um a from left to right I've got a column that says these things are done. Um and that is huge. It is massively populated. Um the next one over is my getting things ready for release column. And I now have all the non Swift and non Xcode related tasks to do. So the app is done. Certainly as far as two really nice. goes. Yeah. Um, so I've got to update the website. So I have to update my privacy policy. Mm -hmm. And I realize I've got to update my privacy policy because I'm using telemetry deck now. So Very good. Very good. That's just, just, just this little analytics service I've heard of. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I've got, I've got telemetry let me, deck. Let there. me know if you like it. Yes. Yeah. So far, so good. Um, I... I've, 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 I actually, one of my last tasks in the code base was to go over things and make sure I was happy with the signals that I've set up for for tracking mm -hmm. things. Um, specifically, I want to know when people activate their purchases, I want to know whether it is 
a new purchase or an old purchase and to have information about that. So I get an idea of how many people are oh, very coming smart. back. Yeah. Um, but then other than that, I've got to update a press kit. I want to make a, a new demonstration video because the UI of the app has changed. Uh, and then I will start pulling things together to send out into the world. So very very cool. Soon, I hope you're you're choosing another like banger for the for the video because the last one was just I love that I I love that that sound. Oh yes, so that was my brother's music um, for that video. And for anybody, nice for anybody listening, the the, the video for that is like this. Um, reasonably, for the time it, in 2015, it felt reasonably slick because. I had a friend who was really, really good with After Effects. I mean, that's their their day job. They make motion graphics, and they were working, doing a load of like app advertising at the time. Uh, so they put together the video for me and took aspects of the UI and animated them and made it look really quite nice. And then I used my brother's music for the background, and it, it came together quite nicely to really sort of show the app off. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to match that effort this time around. So the format's perhaps going to be a little bit different. Um, yeah, but we'll see. Um, I'm certainly not going to be able to match all of the After Effects animations because I'm just not that good, but I'm hoping I can kind of like show what the app does and to get, to have some good music there and, you know, sort of bring it to life. But uh, it needs to happen. Got to have an updated video. Very nice, very nice. And yeah, I'm I, I'm very much looking forward to that. I don't have any uh, <clears throat> actual like useful uses, like everyday uses for GoBJ. But I think it's just such a cool app. Thank you. And I love it. Like I really, I really am looking forward to the to the final version. And it, I feel very honored that you're that you're using telemetry deck. Oh, yes, had to. Um, it, uh, this is the thing, though, right? For for me, GoVJ is not, never going to, um, it's never going to replace my day job, right? There's just not that many people playing with that sort of app, willing to spend that much money that would give me that sort of income in the world. It's a niche, and I'm aware of that. But that means I get to have other sorts of fun. Like, if I want to put telemetry deck in there, I'm just going to go do it. Right, That's the whole point of having a project of this sort of nature. Um, if I want to pull it up to iOS 16 come late September, I can do that. I probably won't. <laughs> but, but if I want to, I can do. And I can be quite aggressive about that if I want to as well. And there's there's a freedom there. Versus thing is, because you use telemetry deck, you can judge in advance like how bad or good a move it would be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, it's um, it's a freedom in there where I can have fun. I can make a thing that does something that I still find, you know, I still find the practice of mixing video to music fun. Even now, like that, mm -hmm. that's a a bug that that got me in 2004 and has never left <laughs> um it's just very calming yeah yeah exactly and um 
I can just have some fun. But I still take the release of the app seriously, as you can tell from all the la the tasks I just listed. Um, because I think like I may as well go through that process with with that sort of hat of like I don't do this every day in my job, you know. And quite often, other people do all of these tasks. So actually, if I apply myself to that in a side project, it gives me a, a better understanding of those bits that, you know, on a day-to-day -day basis, I'm not doing very often at all. Uh, so, Yeah, I get that. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to having it done. Like, I've been talking about it on this show for ages. Very nice. If you go back to, like, episodes I recorded with Dave Knott, I was talking about this mythical version 2.0 two, three, four years ago. Um yeah <laughs> very nice I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it how are things over in telemetry deck land obviously you mentioned you're going to support pass keys <laughs> as soon as you can but yeah. I'm going to support pass keys and there's two other tracks of uh, things that I'm working on right now one is full dockerization because remember, remember when I told you, like, oh, yeah, you can dockerize things later? You yep. can, but now is the time. Right. Um, okay. So you, you're going... Because it's going it's to make us, make us less dependent on a specific uh, hosting provider. Yes. Because I'm, I'm a bit unhappy with my current one. Um, Does it also let you cluster things at that point and kind of spin up different instances that are then all sort of working together? I mean, right now that's already possible. Yeah. The thing is right now, because the thing that really needs to be clustered is our time series database because that's where all the heavy calculation happens. And that is already clusterable. Okay. And right now it's being fired by like, uh, okay, really quick excursion into the network architecture. Basically right now, everything, every little service thing that telemetry deck is made out of is running on a on a very very cheap virtual machine yep. except the data servers servers for the time series database which are running on actual hardware servers five of them each one of those has i think 128 cores and like a huge amount of ram wow and it is really cool uh, the problem is that with this hoster, like the connection between um, the VMs and the, the the bare metal machines, kind of like drops once in a month just randomly and just just doesn't reestablish itself. Oh, and like I have mit my mitigation measures in place now that most of the time no data is lost, but it still means that uh, incoming incoming signal data isn't being processed; it's just like queuing up. Yeah, and it means that people like can't can't see anything except cache data anymore and it also means that my blood pressure is spiking through the roof because <laughs> i just get all these notifications that say they say like like oh this service is down like query query service down query service down yep and um so yeah you want that to I'm, be I'm, I'm playing around with uh, sorry daniel gone yes <laughs> I'm just playing around with um, with various things and just dockerizing everything um, allows me to basically try to deploy that on, on on various other servers or maybe I'm staying with this this hosting provider and just host everything on on bare metal servers but then one of them can probably host all of the other Docker containers because they're yeah. very tiny or 
or maybe I'm, I'm actually thinking about Microsoft Azure right now or Azure. Azure, right? I'm not sure. I tend to Azure. call it Azure. 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 Uh, Microsoft Azure. <laughs> Très bien. Yes. Excuse-moi. Um, but yes, so that's that's what I'm working on. And the other thing is I am, I am, I am deeply into, I'm thinking a lot about redesigning a one of the core parts of the API, which is kind of hard because there's clients depending on that API, right? Yep. Um, so Telemetry Tech uses a concept that's called an insight. So an insight is basically a chart with a name that will just update itself regularly. So internally, it is a, a, a series of metadata like um, group all the events by, let's say, day, week, month, and filter filter everything so that only these types of signals are included in the chart, stuff like that. Which kind of chart do you want to display here? Yep. And now it's finally time to uh, add more chart and insight types, like, for example, a funnel chart that will tell you like how people are moving through your app. Yep. And uh, it turns out that the current like the schema, the current date format for insights doesn't really or doesn't really support that. So I need to basically change the table rows here and then also like how those table rows are communicated with the clients, basically the JSON. Mm -hmm. And this is hard because I have the iPhone app, the Mac desktop app and the web app. I can immediately update the web app because once I deploy that code, it's just out there and everyone will be using the newest version. But with uh, iPhone and Mac, uh, that's way harder. And um, I've been thinking a lot about like, how can I change this? Because uh, then basically all the installed apps just won't work anymore as soon as I deploy this change to the API. Yep. But also then I will have to um, like put a lot of work into just recreating let's say the editors for these like these like I have yeah <laughs> i will have to, i will have to put a lot of work into recreating the editors and the, the the display code the parsing code and so on like the editors are probably the most work yeah so i've been thinking about this a lot and i think what i want to do is i want to do it github style so you've seen it in on probably if you are a github user github will sometimes say like hey this is a new feature and it's in beta and for example the new um uh, workflows or something and then you will basically have the option to see the old stuff and right next to it is another tab that will have the same same name and will be the new stuff mm -hmm. and i think that's the way i'm going to go there just leave your existing insights completely alone um work on the new inside stuff in a way that you can like basically use them next to each other yep. and then also at first i'm just going to implement it for the web app and then once the the whole schema is kind of finalized and people are happy with it and it turns out yes this was the right decision then i can add editors and stuff for the for the other apps that makes sense that does make sense you can sort of do a, a crossover between the two then that's less less harsh for people using it um, yeah and i probably will be able to like auto convert the old insights into the new insights i hope yep once everything is finished but uh, i can just leave the the old stuff alone and it, it just works for people because i have the i have a feeling that 
I've been doing too much of move fast and break things over the last few months. Like I've always been chasing like, oh yeah, and once this is finished, then everything will be cool. But in the chase of whatever this in this case is, I've kind of like neglected the, just like the quality of the day-to-day usage of the whole service. Yep. And I want to slow down a little bit here and be like, yes, people who are using this thing productively want to rely on it. And I can just like fence off a little area and be like, oh, this is this is the the dangerous area now, but everything outside that is just safe. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think there may be some some middle ground here as well. Like I'm thinking within the within the app, you might think this is a hideous idea and hate me. Uh, by the way, okay. But if you've built out the website of it, is there any way you can kind of? Um, leverage what you've built to embed it within the app um until the app has its own version of it well technically that's very easy i think Mm -hmm. um it's more of a cultural issue like the people who are using the mac desktop app right now they love that because it's an actual mac app yep and if i start integrating html in there like I think that a lot of people will have a sour taste in their mouth. Yep. Like, I'm not saying this is out of the question, but, you, but you could, I will have to think very hard about it. You could signpost it, though, and say you could have a button that says it's a preview of the new types mm-hmm. of insights, and you could just bounce them to the browser when they click that, potentially. Yeah, that might work. Yeah. Just, like, just say, like, okay, uh, I'm just... Like, like we're very, very tiny. Like, um, it's just me and part, my part-time coworker yep. who's working on the code. So um, please excuse us. This feature is just available in the web version. But if you want to edit this new thing, just click here and the browser will open. That might, that might work. Yeah. Because and then it's could, not like... Um, you could also uh, potentially give people the option to give you feedback on what they see there as well right because it's like they've come from Mm -hmm. the app they're probably looking for an app side um so this is a preview and then if there's anything they they can tell you about what they see that could be a good time to try and get that from them as well oh yeah i like that yeah that's like i've been thinking about like how how do i get more feedback from users like are the problems that i deem the most important are those the actual problems that people have with the app yeah and i mean i do get analytics from people using the app of course. obviously yes <laughs> um but but still like some some feedback would be would be actually pretty nice and people do give me feedback in our slack channel yeah that's super helpful and I'm, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that but yeah maybe some some easier some easier way to to deliver feedback would be nice yep I just don't want to like start work on too many fronts. No, um, no not at all. You kind of got to so, try and have like one focus at a time, and if you can segregate, set set that apart in a sense of like, okay, my focus is making this work really well on the web, and then you know you're going to the app next, right? And probably the Mac app first, right? You know, and, and actually, then, no. Oh, okay, okay. 
actually like my priority right now and this will probably disappoint people who love the mac app and i love the mac app too but the priority right now is number one is the web app because it's the most the most universal uh, everyone can use that regardless of whether they're on windows a mac an ipad whatever yep and also you don't have to install anything so if you're on a different computer you could just log in uh, ideally with a pass key in the future <laughs> and then you have your data and everything there yeah. um so that's pro in my mind this is becoming the canonical version kind of but then also especially on mobile like the web app is mobile optimized in a way that it says um like you you it it actually works in a sm on a small screen like it kind of rearranges itself and stuff like that but yep. using a web app on an on a phone is always it's never really pleasant so um i think the second priority should be the phone app because it's really nice to um to just wake up in the morning fish out your phone and just like look at oh yeah i, I got uh, i don't know 200 new users or something like that yep that being said Basically, no one is using the editors on the phone app. So hmm. I, I probably don't have to work on those very hard because those are actually a pretty low priority because when people are actually playing with their data and like trying out new, new ways of querying stuff, they seem to be doing it in the desktop app or the web app. That's interesting. So you, um, you could actually set that so, as yeah. a, a dividing line for your energy, right? You could potentially right. remove the editing from the app on iOS and bounce them to mm -hmm. the web. Exactly. Um, and I realize this is not ideal, but this is just the reality of me trying to make a good product, but also like uh, not spreading myself too thin because three yeah. apps and the server, that's a lot of work. That is, even with, even if you went an entirely like, you know, catalyst route, um we're just um you know the app is basically the same on mm -hmm. mac as it is on on an ipad or ios um you'd still have to because you've got the web right. as well so um yeah exactly I, and there's a lot of shared code between iphone app and mac app like it's all swift ui yeah so a lot of views are actually the same the same files and everything mm -hmm. but it turns out that as soon as you want to have a mac app that actually feels like a mac app you are going to, to end up with lots of duplicated code that is slightly different yeah yeah and i think even with some of the things that are dropping um after dub dub that's still going to be the case so yeah slightly less so maybe i hear like lots of things are less um descriptive and more semantic if that makes sense yeah so like things might uh lay out themselves uh more mac like especially with the new navigation stuff and the stuff like that so let's see let's see how it looks like after like after ios 16 comes out yeah um but still yeah um just focusing is important because otherwise just nothing of of real value gets done and that's also kind of sad like I've, i mean i've been talking about funnel charts for months now yeah and they're just not there so i'm i'm like okay i'd rather have them and then and then work with them uh, instead of just like work on like three separate apps well that's a feature i'm looking forward to using so I definitely want you to be focusing on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
you and half my user base. Yeah, vested interest. Um, but uh, anyway, Daniel, it has been lovely talking to you as always. But it has. I have to run off. So before we go, where can people find you online? Uh, people can find me online on Twitter at break the system, just one word. Uh, and my uh, telemetry deck can be found at www. No, actually, just without the www. Uh, telemetryduck.com. Awesome. And what about you? You can find me over on Twitter at David Gary Wood. And you can find, actually, I'm going to link GoVJ today. So if anybody wants to check out GoVJ's current site, it's available at govjapp.com. Awesome. And uh, it might be interesting to look back in a few more weeks because then the new the new site will be there. Um, I'm hoping to try and get the release out by the end of this month, but I'm aware that that's uh, even just that list I've given to you in my outside of work time is, is a bit to get through. So, but hopefully, hopefully either end of this month or early July. Awesome. Very, very good. I'm very much looking forward. Catch you later, Daniel. See ya. It has been an absolute pleasure. Bye.